KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, October 12th. Licenses and fees for San Diego's short-term rentals. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Two people are confirmed dead after Monday's plane crash in Santee. It was a small plane able to carry up to about six people. Justin Matsushina is the deputy fire chief for the city of Santee. We don't know about the number that was on the plane. That's really the biggest question mark that hopefully we'll be able to answer for you soon. Uh, But as far as the plane occupants and the extent of the crash damage, it was non-survivable. We do know one victim was on the ground. UPS says one of its drivers was killed when the plane crashed into a residential area near Santana High School. The San Diego Port Commission is set to vote today on the Maritime Clean Air Strategy, which calls for shifting away from using diesel-powered vehicles in the area. The port hopes to electrify its vehicle fleet before state mandates require it. The Environmental Health Coalition's Danny Serrano says the goal is good, but he wants to see more specifics. The port approved the draft plan in July. The San Diego Housing Commission finished its pilot construction program of five so-called granny flats, also called accessory dwelling units or ADUs. A report is out on lessons learned in the construction with the aim of helping San Diego homeowners who are considering building the units on their lots. With the rising cost of housing far outpacing average incomes in San Diego, it's hoped that these ADUs could ease the housing shortage. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. San Diego is one step closer to regulating short-term rentals popularized by sites like Airbnb. Here's KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen with more. Soon, owners of vacation rentals will need to get licenses and pay a fee. Licenses for renting out an entire home for 20 days or more per year will cost $1,000. But the biggest barrier to getting a license may not be the cost. There will also be a cap on the number of licenses available. City staffers are still crafting a lottery system to distribute licenses. Councilmember Raul Campillo says the lottery has to prioritize responsible hosts. There's a whole lot of people depending on this system rolling out with credibility, applicability, and holding an accountability for good hosts, good guests, and more. There will be no cap on short-term rentals where the host lives on site or those rented out fewer than 20 days a year. The council approved regulations for short-term home rentals in February after years of stalemate on the issue. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen.
The San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance marked Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday by celebrating the Kumeyaay people who were the first stewards of San Diego. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell has this report. Ulises Bellardes opened up the Indigenous People celebration at the San Diego Safari Park with the blessing ceremony. And we're asking for new things to fall upon us, new good blessings. So when that sun is rising and the day is upon us, we're asking, those songs are asking for those things to come over us. The Lardis is a Kumeyaay from the San Pasqual Indian Reservation. The San Pasqual Band of Mission Indians and members of the Kumeyaay were invited to attend Monday celebration. The Lardis says the day is all about remembering the lessons learned from their elders and keeping traditions alive. This day is very important because, you know, it remembers a part of the past of who we are and the people that were once were here to realize in the communities to realize around that we're still here. We haven't really disappeared. To be able to celebrate the San Pasqual band and the Kumeyaay people, it just, it, it makes so much sense to bring it together so that we're all protecting the things that we love here in San Diego County. Lisa Peterson, executive director at Safari Park, says the Kumeyaay are essential to the park's conservation efforts. As stewards of the land, they know this land better than any. Johnny Bear Contreras, a tribal citizen of the San Pasqual Band, says it's a special feeling to be recognized by Safari Park in the San Pasqual Valley, a land that the Kumeyaay is so deeply connected to. Many of the tribal members that will be here today, uh, tribal citizens uh, from all different tribes, are going to feel some of that same connectiveness. You know, they'll, they'll feel something. Maybe won't be able to explain it specific, but there'll be some sort of connection. And that reporting from KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. The threat of environmental harm from last week's oil spill is fading in San Diego and Orange counties, but California's top law enforcement official says the investigations will continue. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has the latest. Wind and waves are keeping oil that leaked from the undersea pipeline from moving south to San Diego County. Coast Guard officials say between 25,000 and 130,000 gallons of oil escaped from a ruptured pipeline just over a week ago. California Attorney General Rob Bonta said he's committed to finding out what happened to cause the spill. We are investigating. We are determining whether civil enforcement is justified and appropriate, whether criminal enforcement is uh, justified and, and supported by the facts. A flyover over coastal waters did not reveal any visible oil Monday. Bonta and U.S. Senator Alex Padilla surveyed the shore from Long Beach to northern San Diego County. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. The California Highway Patrol says they're getting $2 million to target dangerous driving behaviors. Cap Radio's Steve Milney reports. The CHP says since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, it's noticed a big jump in unsafe driving behaviors. Officer Elogio Seja. Between April 1st of 2020 and September 30th of this year, we've issued over 44,500 citations for drivers that were traveling in excess of 100 miles per hour. Out of those, we've had a lot of crashes that unfortunately have resulted in fatalities. California reported more than 3,600 traffic deaths in 2020, up 5% from the previous year. 
The $2 million comes from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The money will pay for enhanced speed enforcement operations on state highways. The CHP says it will also work with local law enforcement agencies to set up task forces that will work to prevent street racing and sideshow activities. And that was CAP Radio's Steve Milne. Coming up, it's been almost two years, but the Rock and Roll Marathon is back. I can't imagine waking up the morning of October 25th and realizing that I did not toe the line the previous day. More on that next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The Rock and Roll Running Series started here in San Diego and has since spread across the country and even internationally. It's been an annual tradition since 1998 until the COVID-19 pandemic hit. KPBS's Claire Tregesser says now the race is back. So, 98, I ran my first marathon and uh, did rather poorly and that led to me doing a second rock and roll marathon. Bill Aaron, with his long Forrest Gump beard and rock and roll running jacket, looks exactly like what you'd expect of a legacy runner, meaning he's never missed a single race. And then I kind of decided that I was sort of enmeshed in it and I did did three and I did four. And then in five, they gave us a really sweet patch for being a legacy runner. And one thing led to another. And then he kept racing for 23 years. But then COVID came, and the event that's normally held every June was canceled. On the one hand, my body felt enriched by the fact that I wasn't banging out these obnoxious Saturday runs. But on the other hand, um, it felt a little weird uh, because I wasn't engaged like I normally would be. The June 2021 race also didn't happen. It was postponed to this October 24th. And when runners line up in Balboa Park, Aaron will be there, even though he's not used to running a fall marathon. I can't imagine not being there October 24th, irrespective of how I think the marathon for me personally is going to go. I can't imagine waking up the morning of October 25th and realizing that I did not toe the line the previous day. The runners come in this way off of Ash. Meryl Leventon is the race director. She's preparing for an unusual race after almost two years of uncertainty. It feels kind of surreal to actually be talking about it right now because we didn't know when we were gonna be racing. 
there are still COVID precautions to take. No shuttle buses and runners will be much more spread out at the start. She expects 20,000 people this year, which includes people who are signed up in 2020 and deferred, and also new people who picked up running when gyms were closed. I'm excited to welcome all these new runners that have picked up this hobby during the pandemic. So I would say the overall level of excitement is higher than usual. Making up for a lost time. Wendy O'Dwyer has already run a few races this summer. She normally runs several each year and says during COVID, she felt the loss of the starting line. I wasn't motivated to run. And then when they, for some reason, they canceled, they closed off Balboa Park for runners and walkers, which I thought was kind of weird, but because I couldn't run through the park. Now she's eager for the race, which has lots of entertaining sights from San Diego along the way, from Balboa Park to drag queen cheerleaders in Hillcrest to the Military Mile in North Park. As for Aaron, the legacy runner, he's determined to toe the line even if he feels a little nervous about being in a big crowd. I tell my athletes not to get those kind of things stuck in their head because it has a tendency to overwhelm um, all the psychological um, adaptations that take place when you're training for a race like this. He says he'll likely wear a mask at the starting line and then take it off as the crowd thins and runners spread out along the course. And that was KPBS's Claire Tregesser. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio, or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu.